Hydriva mofos, you're probably aware that I've been working flat out on our social media presence to try to expand our community of Driva mofos globally. I've been posting tons of free content to keep you inspired, driven, and working towards your goals. So if you haven't already followed and subscribed to all my social media channels, please make sure you do so as I post different content on different platforms. The links are available in the description of this podcast down below. You've probably heard that you become your environment, but let me explain from a neuroscience perspective why that is. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who want to get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life, build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to explain why who you hang around is who you become from a neuroscience perspective and why it's important to really think about the environment you're placing yourself in on a day-by-day basis. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. All right, let's talk about environment and how important it is to place yourself in the right environment to achieve the outcomes and the goals that you want in life or your mission. So when we look at biology and neuroscience, we have something in our brain called mirror neurons. Now, these neurons essentially help us to mirror the people that we're around. And there are different theories as to why this happened. I remember studying this many, many years ago now. There were some neuroscientists that were saying that this is probably one of the greatest discoveries in neuroscience for many decades. So when we're looking at mirror neurons, these neurons supposedly allow us to become or to fit into our environment, or they reflect or mirror things that are happening around us. Now, part of the theory is is that it allows us to fit in more effectively with a tribe or our environment. So if we go back many thousands of years ago, maybe even millions of years ago, when we're tribal animals, and I guess we still are, a bit more controlled tribalism these days, but it's still the same thing. You know, when people have cliques and groups and we wear certain fashions, certain clothes, we're trying to fit into a group. That is the same as many thousands of years ago when we're hunters and gatherers. We needed to fit into a tribe. Because to fit into a tribe meant safety and survival, which is one of the greatest human needs or is the greatest human need. That if our safety and survival is threatened, then it causes us to act more erratically. We go into a survival response, which is flight, fight, and freeze. We have that sympathetic response of the nervous system, which means that we change the way blood flow goes to our organs. Our ability to think becomes reduced, but our peripheries get more blood flow, which means we can run faster or fight. So that's where the flight, fight, and freeze response comes from. So part of the theory is is that humans have adapted to fit in. Because if you were a lone wolf many, many years ago or millions of years ago as a human, you're walking around the forest or the jungle. When you go to go to sleep, how do you sleep and feel safe? It's probably almost impossible. You'd probably get eaten at some point. So in order to survive more effectively, we learn how to adapt and fit in. So part of the theory of this is that these neurons have been developed so that we replicate those in our environment or our environment. So if someone uses a certain language or a certain tonality, over time you start to adapt. So if you were born, let's say in England, and then you move from the UK across to America, you'll start to develop a different type of accent because your brain is now using those mirror neurons and you're starting to become part of that environment. So you're starting to change to fit in more effectively. This happens with our day-to-day environment. If you're at work and everyone's complaining, Don't be surprised if you just naturally start to complain about things. If people are pointing out what's not working all the time, 
in your business, then over time, you'll start to point out what's not working all the time. If you're around people that are pessimistic and they're looking into the future and they see negative things in the future, then you will probably start to become more fear-driven of the future and you'll become more pessimistic. So you really want to think about, are the people that I'm hanging around the right people in order to fire and wire circuits in my brain to become the person that I want to become? If you're looking around at your environment and you reflect on the people that you're hanging around and those people are pessimistic, negative, you're consistently watching things like the news, you're flicking through social media and there's all dramatized versions of people's lives in there, it makes you feel more insecure. Then please understand that in the future, if you look at 10 years and you think every day I'm going to do this, so 365 days, I'm going to multiply this by 10 years. So now I'm at 3,650 days later. How's my life going to look? It's probably not going to look good because over time things compound. So if your shitty behaviors compound over time, they don't just get worse day by day. They start compounding over time and your life is going to end up like fucking shit. Now, if you start making better decisions to hang out with people that are a little bit more optimistic, but you can have good quality conversations where they question things, they're helping you to achieve, they're picking you up on some of maybe your disempowering or negative behaviors, they're pushing you to be better. Over time, that's going to compound and where you're going to be in 10 years. So even by listening to this podcast, you're putting on this podcast, you're listening, that's creating an environment for your brain. That environment is hopefully helping you to think better, to be more effective, to be more efficient. Over time, you'll start to think through things differently because of the environment that you're creating for your mind. And we've got to be aware that these mirror neurons are working second by second. So you go home after work, you've got a partner that complains all the time, you've got kids that are going crazy. The question is, how do you change that environment? Are you the leader or are you the follower? Because if you're the leader, you start communicating with your partner more effectively. And you say, hey, listen, I don't want to come home and I don't want to hear negative shit all the time. I don't want to turn on the news and listen to all this fucking dramatized bullshit that's happening in the world, which is like one-tenth of one percent of anything that's going on in the world, right? The truth is that what the news is showing you is a hyper-exaggerated version of one or two small events that happen day by day in the world, the whole entire world, eight billion people, right? I don't want to watch that shit, right? There are people every day that are making millions of dollars. The news don't highlight those people. The news don't highlight the people that are waking up and grinding every day to be a little bit better, that are putting an extra 20 bucks or 30 bucks into their savings account every week, that are slowly getting ahead financially. They're not showing that stuff because it's boring. They show the one hyper-exaggeration, the kid that walks into school with a gun and shoots 10 people. What about the surgeon that just saved the lives of five people today? And there's thousands of them around the world. Do they get shown? No, because no one cares because it's not hyper-exaggerated version of reality. So we've got to be really, really careful about what we put into our mind. I don't even really like listening to the radio these days because at every 30 minutes, I hear a news report of a hyper-exaggerated version of bullshit that happens in our society and I don't want to hear it. The car accident where someone died yesterday. Well, there's probably a billion people plus drive an automobile at some point throughout the day and they didn't die, but the news doesn't tell us that. So over time, we start to see this hyper-exaggerated version of reality. And I see that on TikTok, which is why i got to be careful about what I view. If I'm flicking through and I start to notice those things, the algorithm picks up on it. So I make sure that I put not interested, especially if I'm on TikTok or something like that, because the algorithm adjusts so quickly to what you view. So I view one car accident. Within two to three posts, I'm getting all these videos of car accidents or driver cam of people cutting each other off and people getting pissed off and road rage. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this shit because I'm putting that into my brain. And now those mirror neurons are starting to adapt 
where then my reality starts to become that thing. This is neuroscience. This isn't fluffy duffy shit. Like I know there are a lot of fluffy duffies out there that, you know, just say, well, the energy you put out is the energy you get back. I get that. Yes, that is partially true, but it is also partially false if you don't understand how to use it effectively and you don't understand the science behind it. Because just saying the energy you put out is the energy you get back. Some people go, well, I'm a good positive person. What are you? Are you just so unaware of the way you think and the way you behave and the way you respond to things that you just don't know any better? Like if you're a positive person in a group full of highly fucking negative people, you're probably not that positive, right? And I don't even like using the term positivity because it's just a charge of energy, I guess you could say in a way, or it's an electricity term. And I understand why people use it, but it's more important to be self-empowered or empowering and look for empowering self-talk or look for empowering ways that you communicate or empowering ways that you navigate others. And sometimes empowering conversations need to be quite stern. Whereas when you're positive all the time, a lot of people can become over-exaggerated in their happiness or in their joy and stuff like that, which will eventually burn them out or make them crash into the ground. Like I don't like using hyper-exaggerated versions of myself. I don't like being too negative, but I don't like being over-positive or over-optimistic because when you do that, you hyper-exaggerate, which then what goes up has to come back down and you'll crash. You'll have these times of burning out and negative self-talk and so on. Hey, Driven Mofos. If you ever want to have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. We've got to really look at the way we're using our environment. If you're spending half an hour per day on social media, is that environment creating the environment for your mind to thrive? Or is that environment reinforcing patterns of behavior like drama or chaos? Or is it short-term immediate gratification? Is it making you feel insecure? Those things are not going to help you to be the person that you want to be. So that environment, those mirror neurons are firing to say that's what reality looks like. Then now that is the reality you start creating. Because when you see things that contradict that, It makes you feel uncomfortable. So you start seeing things in the world that reflect what you already believe to be true. There's something called the reticular activating system. The reticular activating system reinforces what we already believe to be true. So if someone walks around and says, the world's just full of negative people that don't give a shit about anybody else apart from themselves, you can see someone doing a random act of kindness and you ignore it. You ignore things moment by moment. You're seeing things happen all around you that your eyes are picking up through the electromagnetism that the eyes work upon, and then your brain has to filter out what it just saw, heard, and so on. So if you're looking out into reality and you're seeing reality as being a certain way, that reality is only a partial, it's a very small, minute part of reality. It's not the whole of reality. Because if you believe that the world is very negative, then that is the world that you see. And then your brain will not allow you to see things that are positive because you don't look for it. If you see money everywhere, you're probably someone who sees lots of opportunities of making money. If you're someone who believes that rich people just fuck everybody, then that's what you see. You're going to pick up the newspaper and you're going to see that this rich person took advantage of this people or you know, big business aren't paying their staff well. That's what you're going to reflect upon. It's going to drive your emotional states. Those emotional states are going to reinforce what you believe and it's going to create a feedback loop. Also, your emotions and your thoughts create your behaviors and those behaviors are going to be the way you act. So be very, very, very careful about the environment that you're putting in to your mind, but also the environment that you surround yourself with. From the conversations that you're having, to the thoughts that you think, 
to the people around you and how they make you feel, to the actions and behaviors that you witness on a daily basis. Because all of that is going to become your reality. It's going to fire off those mirror neurons. It's going to fire up that reticular activating system. And so now you have a brain that is firing and wiring itself to see the world that you're creating, not the world that you want to see based on your goals and your missions and your dreams. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope this helps. I just wanted to give you a little bit more of an understanding around the neuroscience of how the environment affects us, but also as well the biological impact that it has. Let's just say you're putting yourself into an environment where there's a lot of chaos. So you're watching social media, you're seeing all this dramatized chaos and all this shit. Now your brain starts thinking that that's the way the world is. So you adapt your beliefs to that. You adapt your thinking to that. Now it fires off a whole bunch of different emotional states based on that. So now you're more stressed out, you're more frustrated, you start getting more worried, you're more fearful, and you see a lack of, so there's a lack of abundance now. Then this reinforces the beliefs through your reticular activating system. And now the world that you see is hyper-focused on seeing those things. That then drives your emotional states. It changes your neurochemistry. It changes your chemistry through your hormonal states. Now you're more highly stressed, so you've got more stress hormones. Those stress hormones alter your blood flow to your organs. It alters the blood flow to your brain. It changes the way you use glucose in your body. So now you've got all these chemical changes and neurochemical changes that are happening in your body. And by the way, this is a very small portion of what's really going on at a biological level in your body when you've got stress. So now you start behaving and reacting differently. You start to have little things pop up like little aches and ailments. These little aches and ailments can be partially driven from a thought process based on the environment that you're around. We're becoming more and more aware of the impact that your thought processes have from a scientific perspective on your organs, on disease profiles. Okay, everyone knows that when you're stressed, diseases are more likely to occur. When you're stressed, you're more likely to alter your blood sugar levels based on the food that you choose, but also based on your levels of stress. Okay, we're starting to see now through science that there's more and more data coming out that under high stress, you'll get things like different reactions based on food. So you might have more autoimmune disorders because stress definitely affects autoimmunity. You'll also have more likely of getting sick, but you also have a change in digestion and digestive processes, which now means that you may start to develop food intolerances and things like this. Now, all of this can be created based on the environment that you're putting yourself into, but also the environment that you're surrounding yourself in, whether it be social media or whether it be the news or all these chaotic dramatizations that may be surrounding you right now. So most people don't realize the impact that your environment has from a scientific perspective. And more and more data is coming out about this every week. There's more and more research coming out about it, which is great because things like psychosomatics, which is how your brain impacts your physical body from disease profiles to sicknesses, a whole bunch of different things. I've been studying this stuff for about 15 years now, and it's getting more and more and more in depth. Okay, when most people think about psychosomatics, it's a bit of a hippy-dippy thing. Because Louise L. Hay wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life. And that book is a quite a good little reference book. Originally, that research came from my good friend, Dr. John D. Martini. And Louise L. Hay was part of his mastermind and took the information from a scientific perspective and the data that he had created and then put it into a nice little book with affirmations and made it all fluffy for a certain market of people that wanted to feel happy all the time and feel joy and, and all that stuff that Louise L. Hay and, and Hay House produce. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because it woken a whole bunch of people up to this idea that our thoughts have an impact on our physical body and our disease and our sicknesses and also our health. 
But unfortunately, what it did was the scientific community looked at it and said, this is all fucking weird. Like if you just say positive affirmations to get rid of your diseases and sickness is stupid and it's unintelligent. Now, I'm not saying that that's the case. It just is saying that that's only a small part of the equation of a much bigger picture that science is now wrapping its head around. That original work, though, came from Dr. John D. Martini like 30 plus years ago from working with clients and figuring out that if you go to moments where people notice that they're sick or where they get these disease profiles, that you can start to see thought processes and thinking patterns. And now there's more and more studies being done around psychosomatics and the impact that thought has on behavior, on disease profiles, and so on. From my experience, it has a huge impact. When I've worked with people with different disease profiles, I can normally figure out what's going on in their head and ask them certain questions to make them aware that that's what's going on. But it becomes pretty obvious after you've worked with enough people to see this sort of stuff happening. I've got friends who own medical centers, who are medical doctors, who are chiropractors, who are physiotherapists. And most of them, if they're self-aware enough and they ask the right questions and they do well with communication skills, they will start to tell you that they notice that there are certain injury profiles, certain disease profiles, and certain sicknesses that come with certain types of personalities. We're starting to get more and more of the scientific community waking up to this stuff as well, and they're becoming more aware. We just need more and more scientific data to back this up to prove it in a scientific model. But we're getting there, okay? The more psychology develops, the more neuroscience develops, the more AI develops, the more we'll start to figure this stuff out, okay? But we're still a fair way away from that for it to be accepted in the scientific community as it should be. But anyway, I hope this helps, River Mofos. Really think about that environment that you're putting yourself in and the environment that you're bathing your mind in each and every day. Have a great day. Keep kicking ass. And I look forward to joining me back here once again for another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Have a great day, everyone. <music>